Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 74 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Help us find your mercy in your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see what's happening in Luke chapter six. Jesus feeds the 5,000 men, not including women and children with five barley loaves and two small fish. In this telling of the story, John writes that Jesus tests Philip when he asks him where they could buy enough bread for everyone. Philip answered with $40 wasn't nearly enough to feed everyone. He asked them to feed the people with insufficient means, knowing how his father would turn it into more than enough. Andrew, however, was standing by and told them about a little boy who had the five loaves and two fish. Andrew mentioned this. Maybe he believed Jesus could do something with it. Immediately, Jesus told them to have all the people sit down, and we know the rest of the story. Everyone ate, and there were 12 baskets of food left over. Jesus told the disciples to pick up this extra so that nothing would be wasted. His prayer of thanksgiving made what little they had more than enough, and Jesus did not let them waste that more than enough. He knew this gift came from his father and he wouldn't squander it. It makes me wonder what I've prayed for in the past. God had answered with more than enough that maybe I hadn't been a good steward of resources. This lesson teaches us to be good stewards of all of God's resources. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum and this crowd of people wanted more from him. So they followed him. When he saw them, he started teaching them again, as he would always do. He told them they were looking to be fed. He warned them against working so hard for food that perishes, but not working for the kingdom. So he asked them, told them, work for the kingdom instead. And when they asked how they could do this, he said, this is the work, the service that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent, that you cleave to, trust, rely on, and have faith in his messenger. They couldn't understand him. But then he said, all whom my father gives and trusts to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. We are blessed by his words 2000 years later. We will not be rejected. We need only believe. There are many assurances in this chapter of eternal life. We can be extraordinarily thankful God chose us to know him and his son. We praise him today for making a way for us to be saved. But we start a new book today, the letter to the Galatians. Paul writes to them about grace. The church in Galatia was also being led astray by the Jewish Christians who wanted the Galatians to observe their customs and rituals from the Old Testament. Circumcision was high on this list of to-dos. Chapter 1, verse 6 says, I am surprised and astonished that you are so quickly turning renegade and deserting him who invited and called you by the grace, unmerited favor of Christ, the Messiah, and that you are transferring your allegiance to a different, even an opposition gospel. Where we clearly see Paul is distressed about their floundering with the new Jewish teaching. He begins to recount his days as a religious zealot persecuting Christians. And even as he was intentionally hurting God's people, Christ reached down to him in a powerful and personal way so that he was changed from the inside out. We read he spent three years in Arabia after his conversion. There's nothing much more said on this issue. I wondered what he did for those three years and found speculation that he may have lived a bit like a hermit while studying and rereading the scriptures to make sense out of his experience on the road to Damascus. 
In any event, Paul had a ministry to the Gentiles before he ever returned to Jerusalem and met with Peter and James. In the last verse, verse 24, he writes, And they glorified God as the author and source of what had taken place in me. Paul was obviously a changed person after his road to Damascus experience with Jesus. His story gives us hope. Hope that Jesus is always watching over us and can change us in an instant. There may be things you have been grappling with for a long time. Let us be assured God has the power to change us and our circumstances in an instant, the instant he determines it to be. So hang on if you are hanging on and let's expectantly wait upon the Lord for him to do everything he plans to do for us. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Numbers chapter 31 is full of action. The Lord told Moses to wage war on the Midianites and then a mic drop. After that, Moses will die. Even though Moses was told his fate by God, I find the Lord to be most merciful in discussing it with Moses. He didn't have to, but he did. 1,000 men from each tribe was sent to war along with Phineas, the priest, sacred vessels of the sanctuary, and the trumpets. The warriors were sent help, help from the priest and help from God's hand. All the Midianite men were killed. None of the Israelites were killed. Moses, however, was upset that they let all the women and children live. It was the women who had lured the men into worshiping their God in the first place. So Moses told them to kill all the male children and all the women who were not virgins. Then the spoil was divided according to what God instructed them. The Midianites were a wealthy people, as you will see by the amount of cattle, donkeys, and sheep they had. Offerings were made to the Lord out of all that was taken. Let's see what's happening in Numbers chapter 32. Well, there is a big question posed to Moses. Two of the tribes, the sons of Reuben and Gad, saw land they wanted to settle in. It was land suitable for cattle, which they had many. Now, this land was on the east side of the Jordan, not the Canaan side, the promised land. At first, Moses thought they asked for the land because of their fear and weakness. But the leaders of the tribes assured him they would fight in the land of Canaan until all the Israelites had the promised land. In the meantime, they simply wanted to build places for their wives and children to live in, as well as shelters for their livestock. They assured and reassured Moses their intent was to fight for the promised land when it was time to do so. Well, let's see what Asaph is writing about in Psalm 74. He is discouraged, highly discouraged. One reference I found indicates he wrote the psalm after the invasion by Shishak. This story is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 12. Rehoboam was Solomon's son, and he forsook the law of the Lord. Because of his unfaithfulness and the unfaithfulness of the nation, the king of Egypt, Shishak, was allowed to come against them. He sold all the treasures in the temple and the king's house. There was nothing left. King Rehoboam humbled himself before God after this. So God did not allow the Israelites to be killed. They did, however, have to serve the Egyptian king. The first part of the psalm by Asaph, we find him asking why God had cast them out. And then he writes of all the damage done to the temple. And he writes about all that God had done in the past, parting the Red Sea and providing for the Israelites in the wilderness. It is helpful for us to remember what God does for us when we're going through difficult times, what he has done for us, so we can stay strong during those difficult times. Lastly, Asaph asks God for help. He asks him to remember the promise he made to Abraham. We can see Asaph is in much distress. We also see he still sees God as the God who is able, and his plea is for help. We can be assured that God is with us even in the difficulties we face. He is always with us, and he hears our cry. So let us continue to ask Almighty God for all we need. Let us pray. 
Oh Lord, help us come to you with our needs instead of look to the world to meet them. May our hearts turn to you in our distress as well as our joy. May your joy fill our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.